Want to have better conversations? Join the Small Talk Made Simple class. In this 10-day email course, you'll learn how to be more confident and competent at approaching people, having meaningful conversations, and talking about yourself. And it's completely free. Sign up now at thecmethod.com. You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Welcome. Hello, San Francisco. TEDx. Oh, my God, blinding light. The very first TED Talk I ever saw was called How to Stop Screwing Yourself Over by a woman named Mel Robbins. She came out onto the stage and wowed the audience with her humor, surprising statistics, and thought-provoking insights. She inspired me to think differently about the way we live our lives. And since then, I've been a huge fan of TED Talks. What's up, everyone? My name is Christina Cantors, and this is episode 72 of the Standout Get Noticed podcast. Today, you'll discover the secrets behind the super successful TED Talks, the ones that have been viewed millions of times, the ones that have inspired movements and launched their speakers to worldwide recognition. Even if you're not planning on delivering a viral TED presentation on the world stage, in this episode, you'll discover how you can apply these techniques to your own presentations to make them even more engaging, inspiring, and successful. Now, in true TED fashion, I'm going to keep this episode under 18 minutes long, which is the maximum length a TED Talk is allowed to be. Okay, before we start, here are three things you need to know. Number one, if you've never seen or heard of TED Talks, I'll put a brief explanation and links to some must-watch talks in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash TED. That's thecmethod.com slash TED. Number two, I'm also releasing a bonus episode today at the same time as this episode, so you might see it already in your feed, and it's an interview I did with John Yo, who is the curator of TEDx Melbourne. I recorded this interview a little while back with my friend Natalia, and we talk a little bit about TED, but it's mostly John's take on ideas, life, and death, so it's not entirely related to the themes of this show which is why it's a bonus episode, but it's still really interesting. So make sure you check it out. And number three, the information that you're hearing today, I got from a great book that I'm reading called Talk Like Ted, The Nine Public Speaking Secrets of the World's Top Minds by Carmine Gallo. Now, I'm not going to share with you everything in the book because that would take way longer than 18 minutes, but I will share with you four key points he writes about that I found really interesting and useful. Alrighty, let's get to it. The four big ideas I'd like to share with you today are number one, be passionate. Number two, master the art of storytelling. Number three, teach me something new. And number four, stick to the 18 minute rule. Alrighty, number one, be passionate. In the book, Gallo writes that passion is what will sell your idea. And he writes to identify your unique and meaningful connection to your idea in order to bring out this passion. So why do you do what you do? What is related to the thing that you're presenting that you're really passionate about? Now, one example that the author Gallo gives is the talk by successful fashion model Cameron Russell. 
Her talent is modeling, but she's passionate about raising self-esteem in young girls. So that's what she talked about in her TED Talk. Now, for you, you might be giving a presentation at work. Let's say you're an architect and you're presenting drawings to a client. So drawing and designing is your talent, right? That's your skill and that's what you're presenting. Now, you may not be passionate about drawing per se, but you might be passionate about improving the quality of life for others through designing beautiful spaces, yeah? Now, when I speak to groups, I'm not channeling my passion for writing elevator pitches, for example. Instead, I'm passionate about inspiring others to build confidence in themselves so they can fulfill their potential. You see the difference? So as you're preparing your next presentation, know what your bigger picture is. You cannot inspire others unless you are inspired yourself, okay? Big idea number two. Master the art of storytelling. Last Saturday night, I was getting an Uber home with my boyfriend, Aaron, and a couple of friends. It was really late, late in the night, and it was a fairly long drive home, about 35 minutes. One of our friends yelled out, let's stop for a kebab, as you do after a night out. The Uber driver was happy to pull over for a few minutes, so we stopped at the next kebab place we found. Our two friends went into order and Aaron and I stayed in the Uber. Five minutes passed, 10 minutes passed, 20 minutes passed, and we saw no sign of our friends. We were like, what on earth has happened to them? Our Uber driver was getting impatient, and I was also worried about the damage the wait was doing to my credit card. Finally, after 25 minutes of waiting, I was getting a bit worried, so I left the Uber, and I went inside to check to see what was happening. And as I opened the door to the kebab place, I saw... You really want to know what I saw, right? (laughs) That's the power of story. And a story is what the most watched TED Talks start with. Gallo, the author of the book, analyzed the most popular TED Talk of all time and found that 65% of the presentation was story-based. 65%. And it was voted the most persuasive talk of all time. The rest of the talk was made up of statistics and the speaker's work and achievements, but it seems the stories were what made it persuasive. So what kind of stories can you tell? They can be personal stories, stories about other people, or stories of a company or a brand. Whatever it is, it's got to be something that connects with people and draws people in emotionally. Next time you're writing a presentation or even running a meeting, think of a quick story you can tell to open the presentation. It won't feel natural at first, but like with most new things, you will get better at it and you will improve over time. Oh, so do you want to hear the end of the Uber story? (laughs) You're just going to have to listen to the end of the episode. Winky face. (laughs) Okay, the third big idea I'm going to share with you today is teach me something new. The human brain loves novelty, something that's unusual 
or unexpected is a great way to intrigue your audience and to get them wanting more. Presenting old information in a fresh new way is another way to do this. One TED Talk I love is by a guy called Hans Rosling, and it's been viewed over 5 million times. Now, Rosling is a professor of health who tracks global health and poverty trends. And in his TED Talk, he presented data in the most interesting way. And even someone like me who sees a spreadsheet and dies a little bit inside finds it fascinating and entertaining. I will link to that video in the show notes for you at thecmethod.com slash TED so that you can go watch that. I highly recommend it. A really, really intriguing, incredible way of presenting data. Now, the cool thing that Rosling did was he thought, okay, most people don't understand data or they fall asleep trying to understand data. So he thought about how he could present it differently. And I want you to think about this as well for the next time you're presenting something, even if it's even when you're having a meeting, right? Just because people are used to seeing the same old way of presenting information doesn't mean that that's how you need to present that information. So I challenge you to think differently. Surprise people. You might even surprise yourself. One novel thing I did at my presentation in Chicago was to present a super quick, and I mean really super quick, introduction to me and and what I do. Now, in most presentations, you'll hear a speaker go, okay, before we get started, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. This is where I'm from. This is what I do. And it's all very, you know, same, same. Now, I decided to switch this up and I showed images that represented me, for example, a map of Australia, me doing CrossFit, the food I like to eat, my school logo of where I graduated, etc. And I had one picture on each slide and I flicked through them really, really fast. And I went, this is me. This is where I'm from. This is what I like. I like this, this, and this. I like eating this, this, this. This is what I've done. And this is how I am. This is where I graduated from, blah, blah, blah. And that's how I went. And it was a completely different way of presenting about me. And someone told me later that it interrupted their thought pattern. That sounds like a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing because it got people's attention. It forced them to look up and go, oh, what, what, what's going on? What is she talking about? And the fourth big idea I'd like to share with you from Carmine Gallo's book, Talk Like Ted, is to stick to the 18-minute rule. Now, the reason why TED Talks have an 18-minute limit is because it's, quote, long enough to be serious and short enough to hold people's attention, end quote. Research on the human brain has found that people can only really concentrate for up to 18 minutes, any longer than that, and our brain gets anxious and we feel drained as a result. This is why those two-hour lectures at university were so painful. Our brains literally can't handle it. Now, when you're creating a presentation, putting that 18-minute constraint on yourself also forces you to be succinct with what you're saying. It doesn't allow you to ramble on. If you think, oh, I can't condense all this information into 18 minutes, I challenge you, try it. Now, if you've been asked to give a presentation that's longer than 18 minutes, Gallo advises that you create what he calls soft breaks, which are stories, videos, demonstrations, even get your audience standing up and doing an activity. If you aim to do this every, say, 10 minutes or so, it will help to prevent your audience falling asleep. 
And the way that I like to do it in my presentations is I might have five main points that I want to get across. And for each of those points, I will try to incorporate some sort of activity, whether it's write something down, stand up and do this, talk to the person next to you and share X, Y, Z about yourself. I will aim to do that for each main point that I make. And I find that that breaks up the presentation and keeps people engaged. Alrighty, so there are four big ideas for you that I got from the book Talk Like Ted by Carmine Gallo. I'll put a link to that book in the show notes as well at thecmethod.com slash Ted. He shares nine secrets of the TED Talks, and I've shared four of them with you today. Just to recap, firstly, be passionate. Number two, master the art of storytelling. Number three, teach me something new. And number four, stick to the 18-minute rule. So I hope that you can at least incorporate one of those things the next time you give a presentation and see what impact it makes. So there's a fast and furious episode for you. If you've got some more time today and are in the mood for some more TED-related things, then you can go to the show notes at thecmethod.com slash TED, and I'll put links to my favorite TED Talks plus the TED Talks that I've mentioned in this episode. You can do that, and you can also listen to the bonus episode, which is the interview that Natalia and I did with John Yo, who is the TEDx Melbourne curator. Alrighty, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, colleagues, family, pets, whatever. <laughs> and I'd really appreciate if you could leave a quick iTunes review. All you have to do is go to thecmethod.com slash listen to leave a review. Thank you so much for your support. I really, really appreciate it. Keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Canters, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Oh, by the way, did you want to hear the end of that story? So I walk into the kebab store and there are my two friends gobbling down their kebabs. And I said to them, guys, what are you doing? I thought we were getting the kebabs to go. And they said, nah, we're still waiting on yours. I looked at the two guys who were in charge of making the kebabs and it was like they'd completely given up on life and just didn't give a toss about anyone or anything at that moment. And I mean, if you were working in a kebab store at 3am, you'd probably feel the same way too. And it took us about another 10 minutes to get our kebab. They would actually stop what they were doing, go run upstairs, do something else, and then come back down. It The service was actually pretty terrible. But we managed to get our kebab in the, in the end. The Uber driver wasn't too angry. He didn't drive off without us. And we made it home okay. And as a bonus, we didn't get sick from the kebab. And as a double bonus, that 50-minute Uber ride in the middle of the night only cost me $42. So there you go, end of the story. You can now sleep soundly. (laughs) Have a good one. I will see you next time.